0: See, gizzy baby. Oh yeah. You okay over
1: there? Yeah.
0: I'm just uh I don't know.
1: Getting the pre Maybe. or the post shit shakes out. Po- post shit shakes. Yeah, almost
0: <laughs> kind of wishing I was epileptic in a way just so I could kind of get it over with. You know. That would that would really like Make me stretch ways I've never stretched before. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I don't, I don't fucking know. Do I look like a medical doctor? I look like a contortionist right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of mesmerized by it. <sighs> <way. sighs>
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. That's right, we're back. Fuck yes! To, what is this show, Matt? Do you remember? I'm sorry, my throat just
0: fucking <laughs> blew up. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Dissectors cut we're back we
0: are back
1: sorry for the delay it's been a wild month we decided because we released the first part of Elvira on like right before christmas and then we took the holidays off because you know life is chaotic and work got chaotic for me and then we spent some time kind of restructuring everything trying to get back to a set schedule and yeah now we're back yeah, it feels good. It does feel good. It's... I've missed the smell of this fucking microphone. <laughs> oh yeah, God, I spit for three years. <laughs> mm, so what was that? Cheeseburger. Mm, <laughs> I remember when I had that Ooh, cheeseburger. Oh, yeah, quarter
0: pounder. Yeah,
1: but yeah, um, I forget what I was gonna say. Meat. Uh, but yeah, um, like I said, we're gonna try to have like a more set structure uh, going forward, releasing on certain days. Um. I haven't decided like what days yet for this one, but once we actually figure out the schedule, I'll definitely let you guys know what days you can look forward to. Um, But going forward this year, I'm also trying to set a schedule for me, so that way I can be like, oh yeah, I have the entire year planned out until something happens and comes out and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm talking about this. There you go. There you go. But as of right now, we're still doing our Virus series. The life and adventures of one Cassandra Peterson. Yeah, and I know. Uh, before I said this might be like a two-three parter. It is going to be a three-parter because the way that I figured it's just going to make sense to break it up. Um, you know, because the last episode was pretty much like a lot of her like childhood to high school years. And this is this episode's mostly uh, some of her adventures from like. Graduating high school to like early twenties, mid twenties, and shit like that. Um, and then next episode is when we will fully get into Elvira in her cleavage. Yes, hell yeah, <laughs> woo!
0: The cleavage of history. I well, know. You,
1: I know. I finally had you watch uh, her movie. Mistress okay. of the Dark, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you were texting me. How I much you fucking enjoyed it? <laughs> fucking enjoyed it so much. It's so good.
0: I thought it was honestly just going to be much cheesier. I mean, there were little tiny tidbits here and there that were kind of cheesy. Tidbits, <laughs> <Yeah>, tidbits, <laughs> uh, but no, it was for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, it really wasn't that cheesy. It was almost refreshing in a way. Yeah. Maybe because it, it, it wasn't a it typical ha- horror
1: movie. And it has that, e- it, it, it it's very much an 80s comedy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just love, I don't know, her her carefree, just wild attitude about the whole thing. I which, I mean, is what Elvira is. I love your car. But, oh, yeah, her, uh, her I think it was a Cadillac. I think yeah, it, like the spider webs that yeah, she has in the grill and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I love, like, I mean, I didn't like how the men were so, like sexist and shit like that, but it was the eighties. So it, it was accurate, but uh, I liked how she just literally shrugged it off. Yep. Like she expected it and she did away with it. She yep. could give a fuck less
1: When, As you learn through our series, you realize that she's been living this life for a long time. So she's used to men being sleazy. Yeah. Especially when you like, when you live the life in, especially like 50s, 60s, Hollywood, 70s, especially the 70s. It's not good. I mean, you still see it today, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I like how that movie. No matter how chastised we wanted the the community to be, and how religious, you know, because they have their set ways of of you know how they want to live their life. It just shows that once a big titty goth girl comes to town, yep, it doesn't matter. All rules and and. <laughs> normalcy is just out the window. Yep. <laughs> I love it. And no. it's much more fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I I really did. Like I said, I didn't think I was, I was, I was going to like it because I, I just appreciate it for what it is. But I was just kind of like, no, this is, almost kind of want to watch it again. I kind of want to get Cassandra to watch it because I feel like she would enjoy it too.
1: Well, I will let you guys keep it. Oh, good. Because it's episode? in my PS4 and i ain't taking it out right now. Until we do the last episode. So that's oh. fine. Oh, well, fine. Fine. Okay. But I did, I did not watch
0: the other one yet, though.
1: Oh, see? That's fine.
0: Yeah, I was going to save that for, like, one between each parts. Part one and part two, I'll watch one movie. And then part two and that... three, I'll watch the other.
1: Well, the uh, other one that I gave you is just, like, one of the episodes of your show. Yeah. Because I don't have a copy of the second movie she did. but I need to, actually, now that I think about that. Maybe I'll hop on I'm, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I hate it. You're just,
0: you're just funding his $3 billion into immortality, God, man. Fucking, uh, You hate it, but you're a part of
1: it. I know, and I fucking hate myself for it. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, let's dive back into the life and adventures of Cassandra Peterson. Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. Lead the charge. When we last left Cassandra, she was getting ready to leave for
0: Viva Las Vegas. Yes. she. So what we covered in the first one was her childhood and spilling a hot pan of Boiled eggs or water, or something Boiling like that. Boiling water, yeah. Boiling water on top of her, and her was it her brother that showed her horror movies?
1: Yep. Or I think it was her cousin. Her cousin,
0: yeah. Um, and she it's went. It's been a while since we did that episode. It has, <laughs> and uh, she saw Jimi Hendrix not at Woodstock, but at
1: the one of the big fests before Woodstock. But oh, yeah, what's it called? Yeah. Uh,
0: so yeah, she was. By the time we left part one, she was. <laughs> Heavily into the world of horror already
1: yep. at and such the, a young age. The music industry, doing go-go dancing and stuff like yep. that. Um, but during Cassandra Peterson's senior year of high school, she accompanied her family on one of their final family vacations to California. But along the way, they stopped in the city of sin, Las Vegas. And along the way, she begged and pleaded with her parents to take her to see a, quote-unquote, tits and feather show. Sweet. She, and this is what she called it in the book. That's just how her words. I yeah. want to make sure that I'm just not like <laughs> tits and feathers. <laughs> her her parents finally gave in, and she was about to see one of the biggest Vegas shows at the time. While in Vegas, they traveled to the Dunes Motel to see Casino de Paris, which was at the time one of the biggest shows on the Strip.
0: Hmm. All
1: right, and I just because like at this time she was 17, and I just love the fact that like her parents are like, all right, let's go. And she makes it clear in the book, she's like, you know, she's like, because she was like, at the time, I look very mature for my age, and she's like, so we weren't sure if we were going to get in, but she's like, I had my fake ID in case, and I'm just like, I love the fact that she just carries her fake ID anywhere with her parents, just to be (laughs) like, it's cool, guys. So it was while her and her parents sat watching the show that they were approached by the d' the master Mm. of the house. Oh, yeah. And he asked Cassandra if she was one of the showgirls for the upcoming show.
0: I've been learning a lot about D's because I've been rewatching Hell's Kitchen. Ah, yep. And I never realized just how fun it is to watch Gordon Ramsay yell at everybody. Yep. I like people yelling at others, but when he does it, it's fun. Even though I will say the level of misogyny that runs rampant through the contestants yep. is
1: just so gross. Yes. So sir. fucking bad. <laughs> But flabbergasted by this question and being nervous of being tossed out of the hotel saying as she was only 17 at the time, she replied, no. Sure, okay, I understand. The mantra D disappeared, and a little while <gasps> later... Who's a magician? She was a... Pr- yes. I mean, they are in <laughs> Vegas, so it's possible. Uh, yeah, he's a, a, puff a, of smoke. a fucking wizard. He's like, no, fuck you, bitch. And he just disappeared. <laughs> so a little while later, she was approached by a woman who asked Cassandra to follow her. Mm. It turns out... The associate producer was starting a new show at the hotel and was looking for dancers to be part of the gig. Cassandra is asked to show off her moves and harnessing the memories of Anne Margaret in Viva Las Vegas, she did her damnedest. Really? Yep. That's simple. That's what happened. I mean, you know, sometimes when you're in Vegas and you're like, I'm doing a show and I just need hot women. And you're like, oh, you're a hot woman. And then, oh, you're a minor. But hey, it's...
0: According to the fake ID, you're not. This is true. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should go out there. I can go for a, I can go as a woman, right? I thought you were going to go somewhere else with this, and I was like, Matt, no. <laughs> I remember I remember going to dinner uh, one time with a few of my uh, friends that are women, and the waitress ap- approached us from behind me. And when she came out, she was like, how are you ladies doing tonight? And then as soon as she looked at me, she did about three or four more takes. I was like, <laughs> I am so
1: sorry. And I'm like, I want my meal to be free. <laughs> <laughs> I am awfully hurt. I mean, I've had it happen at work, too, especially <laughs> since I've let my hair grow out. With the mask, like with my back turn. Sure, yeah. I've had yeah. people go me like, ma'am, I'm just like, yes. <laughs> they're, they're How just, do you do? They're just like, oh. <laughs> nah, it's okay. It's fine. It happens. It does? When a guy has long hair, it happens. Yeah.
0: You're either looked at apparently as a, just a woman for whatever reason or Jason Momoa.
1: Nobody's ever compared you to Jason Momoa.
0: Believe it or not, I had it the other day. I kid you not.
1: Was this person
0: blind? Vision? Did
1: this person have glasses on?
0: <laughs> no, but it's funny because the, cause the guy was like, oh, hey, I, I don't normally see you with your hair down. He did have an accent, and I'm not trying to portray it, but I am going to talk weird. <laughs> God damn, Jesus fuck. <laughs> but he's just like, eh, yeah, your uh, hair down. I, I don't see that. You look like that one guy. And I'm just like, that one guy? He goes, yeah, the 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 guy that... Uh, and then he literally just goes, that uh, swims with the fishes. And I'm just like... <laughs> Aquaman. And he's like, yeah, that guy. I'm like, Jason Momoa. He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) I need to have a conversation with this person. (laughs) You do, because I think he's in a mental hospital now.
1: (sighs) Matt, you are. What? You are just. You can call me great value, Jason Momoa. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) You are like dollar tree, Jason Momoa. You know, just on the sheer fact that I don't know what's worse, I'll let that go. Despite only being 17 at the time, and much to her surprise, they wanted her to be part of the show and attend the upcoming tryouts. Much to the chagrin of her parents, they agreed to let her. Dude, her parents are fucking cool. Right? Which is odd because she tells the story about how her mom was kind of a a bitch in a way. But I mean, I guess if you're already there and you're like, I'm sure she probably pestered the fuck out of them. So eh, I'm so
0: expected that they are just going to say no, that when you say something cool that they did, I'm immediately just mad. Because I'm assuming it's bad. And I'm like, wait a minute.
1: So besides, because like it was funny in the book because she was talking about how like they had already planned to like, be like, oh, you know, you want to leave the next morning when the sun rises. But, you know, Cassandra was just like, no, we, let me, you know, let me do this. Let me do this. Because it's something that she's really wanted to do with her life. And so, you know, her parents are like, oh, fuck, fine, okay. (laughs) So the next morning, she met with the showrunners and tried on multiple different outfits and routines to try and impress those watching. Once done, the showrunner approached their parents and said that they would like to hire their daughter for the show. As most parents would be at first, they were strongly against it and eventually consulted a lawyer about the contract that was to be signed about Cassandra being part of the show. Eventually, they broke and agreed to let her, but only after graduating high school. Because at first, they were like... Because at first they had, like, thoughts, and, like, I think it even says in the book, she was just like, my parents thought, like, are they going to, like, sell her into, like, sex slavery? Is this legit? What's going on? This That's seems, fair. This seems very official. Oh, absolutely. That's so, fair. like, I, I think it's really nice that they actually had the wherewithal to, like, contact a lawyer and be like, hey, check out this uh, contract. Does this seem legit? And I
0: think it's very fair of them to be like, once you've completed high school, yes. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. So after graduation, towards the end of the summer of love, nineteen sixty nine. Oh hell yeah! Cassandra was on her way to Vegas. Her aunt Lorraine accompanied her on the road trip in Cassandra's own orange Pontiac Firebird Ew. that she bought with her own money. Because as she says again in the book, "Go Go Dancing" was very kind to her.
0: Oh hell yeah, sixty nine Firebird! But her
1: aunt accompanied her, so she didn't have to take the like three day trip to Vegas by herself, and then once her. They got to Vegas, her aunt hopped on a plane and flew back to Colorado, I think it was. Mm, okay, okay. It was here that her Vegas adventures would begin. Hours of rehearsal and costume fittings would take up much of her time for four weeks. It took some time for her to fit in with the other girls, but eventually she felt at home. Yep. yep. She said that like at a time, a lot of the older girls kind of looked down on her because she was so young. Oh my god, here we go. They thought that they were hot shit top dogs, so... Uh, that's how it goes. Yep. It really does. Any, any kind of workplace you go to, like you would like, not
0: even necessarily always just AIDS, just if you're new.
1: Yeah. To be fair, in some lines of work, like mine, we have a lot of new people that just show up for a day and then just quit. And so oh, have very low expectations. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and I, I hate being an asshole about it, but a lot of times I'm just like, don't want to expect me to like remember your name yep. unless I've seen you at least like three times.
0: <laughs> no, 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 I totally get it. My, my job's the same. It, it becomes a joke at some point. It's just hey, like, Hey, uh, what? uh, take a bet. How many days do you think you'll be here for?
1: Yep. And I, and I honestly guarantee with, uh, showgirls in Vegas, I guarantee a couple, like there's probably a big turnaround there too. Cause you know, some girls think they can make it. And I mean, it takes a lot of, you know, courage and just, you know, Uh, fuck! I forget the word I was trying to think of, but like you know, just bravery. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just to be able to get on stage with practically no clothes on.
0: Um, Chicago burlesque. Those movies, I love those movies. I, I would love to have watched this. Oh yeah,
1: guarantee. I mean, I there's burlesque shows that I go to now, and it's still fucking fantastic. Like the routines that the they go through, and especially now nowadays, they mix so much with it. Like um, one of the ones that I went to, they had a uh, girl that did, like, the fire spinning and shit Oh as wow. part of her routine. So fucking rad. Go support your local burlesque group. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. So, finally, opening night of Viva Las... Viva... Viva, La, Viva Las... Las Girls... <laughs> Girls. Damn it. <laughs> ...would take place in the Dunes Hotel Lounge, and it would cl- quickly become a prestigious show on the Strip and even went on to win the Best Las Vegas Show Awards 10 years running. So this wow. is, like, okay, fucking... Big show. Apparently, yeah. Bigger than I saw. And like I also love the fact that like it's in the lounge of a hotel. Like I've never been to Vegas, or the Dunes Hotel, so like I'm sure the lounge is like fucking huge. But like I'm thinking of like the lounge of like hotels around here, and I'm like, wow, that's a very small room.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I bet we would be
1: blown away. Oh, I guarantee it. Blown away. Yeah. Blown. And this is where she learned how to pose. And in her book, she mentions that some of the main poses that she learned through years of being a showgirl. A lot of the photos that she does as Elvira, these poses come out. Oh, okay. And like she said, like one of the main poses, like if you look up like just Elvira on Google, there's always like a pose she has a lot of times, especially when she's taking photos with like fans. She said that pose in general she learned straight from Vegas. I imagine just.
0: The main image I'm getting of Elvira, where she's just on the couch, I feel like it's probably just a pose in Vegas, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to be. And I'm glad you actually talked about poses and pictures, because, man, watching that movie last night, oh, God, it made me think of something here. So here's a picture of Elvira I found. Uh-huh. Typical, just zoomed in on her face. She's just kind of looking at you a little seductively. Uh-huh. Well, here's the lead singer of Wasp, Blackie Lawless. Looks pretty <laughs> fucking similar. And I'm kind of thinking they're the same person. <laughs> it's kind of fucking freaking me out. Just a bit. Same hair on the forehead, you know. Yeah. And the
1: eyeliner. That stare. You know what? <laughs> Elvira was a musician. See? So See? maybe she's living a second life. There's probably as better pictures Blackie to find. Blackie Lawless. Yeah, this he's... is like when people take photos of Danzig and Sigourney Weaver and play the game of <laughs> is it Danzig or Sigourney, which is really mean to Sigourney because she is a very pretty woman. And she But is. there are some photos where they both do kind of look alike. And I'm like,
0: oh, no, I'm going to make my own. It's going to be like meatball or
1: nutsack. <laughs> That's probably already been done. But uh, did you know no, wa- no, no. Wasp is coming to Columbus? I did see that. I kind of want to go. I kind of do, too, just to see what the fuck they're about. Yep. I mean, I like some of these songs. A little bit. So it was during this time that she befriended a 20-year-old Florida girl by the name of Sunny. I'm not 100% sure if that is Sunny's real name, but if it is, very fitting for a Florida girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know why that was funny to me. I didn't think that way at all. And she said that um, Sunny was a very fit, very, like... Into like weightlifting and just okay, cool physique. Which you know, at the time, I feel like there weren't a whole lot of like probably women not. doing it. Probably, but not. I think it's fucking rad. And that little fact that I just said about her being into weightlifting will come up later to something that I kind of blew my mind. Ooh, okay, I'm excited. So wow, so Cassandra <laughs> and Sonny, they were the comedians of the troupe and would entertain oh, like the girls. Me. Okay, <laughs> yes. And would entertain the, the mm. girls backstage in between shows, even going as far as reenacting The Wizard of Oz, doing all the musical numbers, all the lines. Mm. Apparently, there were a couple of girls that would get annoyed, just be like, fucking. Stop. Might have been a
0: little more than just reenacting Wizard of Oz. Okay. You'll have to see the wizard. What happens in Vegas
1: stays in Vegas. This is true. I heard that from the philosopher Confucius. <laughs> he said that. Yep. He did. <laughs> so, after a month of the show being open, Cassandra would turn eighteen, and her fellow dancers threw a huge birthday bash. And I can only imagine what a big ass eighteen-year-old birthday bash bash in Vegas would be, because I feel like at this time it was probably legal to drink, because I don't think they raised the Uh, age of like the legal age of drinking until like the eighties, maybe. I don't know, maybe. But it is Vegas, so I guarantee they were able to drink. Well, actually, I know they were able to because she talks about them ordering a big ass drink in the book.
0: Not to really bring it up again, but talking about a a big bash for Cassandra Peterson's 18th birthday party in Las Vegas. God damn it, Hell's Kitchen. One of their challenges was a a fine dining experience for a sweet 16 party for some local girl, I guess, and her mother. And I'm like, how fucking fun would it be to be 16 years old not only having probably some of the greatest food you've ever eaten because it's Gordon Ramsay, but being 13 feet away from the kitchen and just hearing, You fucking donkey!
1: <laughs> A thousand times. <laughs> just like, hell yeah! This is sweet! All right? And if, Kill him! And, and as if being in Vegas for you know celebrating your 18th birthday wasn't enough, several performers from different Vegas shows would join them in celebration two being none other than Magician. Siegfried and Roy. Yep. <laughs> knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> fucking Siegfried and Roy. Because I mean, I, I mean like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, wow, she's rubbing shoulders with all these people. But you gotta think, when you're a showgirl or just doing any kind of show in Vegas, you're gonna be rubbing shoulders with other people that are doing shows in Vegas. So it makes sense. Yep. It's like people in the movie industry being like, oh, you know, you're gonna rub shoulders with, you know, celebrities and directors. So, I am mean, going to make sense. It does. It, it truly does. So, vivacious girls performed six nights a week, two shows a night, Damn. three on Saturday. Holy fucking Christ, man! That's that a fucking re- lot. Wears me out just hearing you talk. About right? It. I give them all kinds of credit for
0: being able to put up with that. Because mm-hmm. goddamn, I mean, you should know the the breaks I have to take
1: when I just open a pop can. I see it.
0: You do. I mean, <laughs> I fall to my knees. <laughs>
1: I do. So while in Vegas, she saw all the great performers of the time Jackson 5, Ike and Tina Turner, Jesus, and even Little Richard. Really? Yep. Cool. She mentions in the book after seeing Little Richard's show, she was backstage and lit up a cigarette. I fucking love this. To which Little Richard watched over and said, Girl, if God wanted you to smoke, he would have put a chimney on your head. And that is the most Little Richard thing I've ever fucking heard. Well, you know what another name for Richard is, right? Stop. <laughs> Gotcha.
0: <laughs> grade A comedy, what can I say?
1: Uh, uh, grade A for ass. Read, read your fucking <laughs> outline. One night, Cassandra's friend Sonny talked her into doing a double date with two men she met while working out. Coming from Florida, Sonny was a very fit girl, as I said earlier. The two muscle heads who they went on a date with were none other than famed strong man Franco Colombo and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my God. Which one did Cassandra have? I think she was with Arnold. Because I think Franco was uh, Sonny's date. I think she said the book. Oh, my God. He I just got in a car wreck recently. I saw that. I'm He's scared. fine, but
0: his gigantic GMC was just, like, on top of a I car. I saw that.
1: I'm like, God damn. Did <laughs> somebody need terminated? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, God, it just it blew my mind. And, like, it, the way that she, like, does these like big reveals and there's another one that comes up later but like it's so nonchalant like oh yeah no big deal you know they're a big star but like she just says their name like it's just a normal person like god damn it i I mean to her it probably is yeah it really is i just can't believe it's just every which way she looks there's somebody of some type of fame coming down her
0: path yep
1: and this is you know before he was a big star so he was just being a big bodybuilder and Talk. She talks about how they didn't speak a whole lot of English and well, going yeah. to like uh buffets and just eating everything. As I tell, oh get here god, in a second. the <laughs> poor
0: waitress trying to get Schwarzenegger's fucking food out.
1: <laughs> like what? What was that when he talking about no fucking pickles and onions and shit? I bet that would be. It's okay. They didn't really so have, hard to hear. They didn't have to deal with the waitress because on their first date they went to an all-you-can-eat buffet and damn I near they ate did. the place out of meat. To the point, yep. they returned the next night, and once the workers spotted, spotted Franco and Arnold, they hid much of the meat under the service station. Oh, fuck them! <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-you-can-eat, you fucking assholes. <laughs> they need the protein. Oh, my God. I just imagined watching the, the big, hulking men walk in just being like, no, 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 hide the meat, hide the meat, get it, hide it, put it under. We only have, like, a little bit of chicken left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're down to our last fucking cheap outside, okay? <laughs> Oh, my God. But I just Why sheep, Matthew? Why the fuck would you say sheep? (laughs) What? Okay. Yeah. Of of all the animals. I could have
0: said cow. I could have said pig. (laughs) could have even said lamb. No, I'm like sheep. Like, oh, it's
1: an armadillo outside. Oh, (laughs) dear God. (laughs) So as you could imagine. Whatever. Being a showgirl in the late 50s and early 60s was an adventurous time. Some of the most iconic musicians and live performers came from this era, and Vegas being the show capital of the world, basically, Cassandra rubbed shoulders with all kinds of legends, and even went on dates with some of them, including, oddly enough, a date with Alan Osmond of yes, those Osmonds. Oh my God! And there's like a whole like two three page story about how she said how awkward that uh, date was. Because it was like with the entire family of the Osmonds, ew! It was like some event, and she just said that apparently they were just really mean to her because they were like you, you being distracting, and she was just like, yeah, well, fucking whatever. That Dad Osmond, he doesn't seem to be very distracting. She's like, God damn it, Uh, Osmond's the Osmonds scare me. Yeah, yeah, no, I I can agree with that. I was, I was waiting for you to be like Ozzy Osbourne or something (laughs) like that. So around this time. This is when Elvis Presley's resurrection of his music career during the year of the 69, because he was coming back from the Army and everything, so this was, you know, when oh, Elvis yeah. was coming back. This is when he played in the biggest hotel in Vegas, The International. And while in Vegas, Presley and his crew decided to see Las Girls. This meant Cassandra and her troupe would be performing in front of one of the biggest rock stars of the time. Of course. Cassandra's friend and fellow showgirl, Jennifer, had been seeing Elvis' road manager and war buddy at the time, so they were invited to the hotel where the crew was staying. Wow. At some point during the night, Elvis and Cassandra had a lengthy conversation, in which Elvis came off as a somewhat like somewhat like a father figure and questioned her about being in Vegas at such a young age. And the evening ended with them actually singing together and uh playing piano. And at the end, he told her. She had a great singing voice and should think about getting into music. And she said the next day she looked for a music teacher. I was about to a say vocal, a vocal teacher.
0: What better inspiration for that than to have Elvis Presley tell you, I think you should go.
1: But it was really cool because like uh in this part, she talks about like the conversation. Like it, he got very like spiritual and like he like deep conversations. There's a picture in the book. Apparently he had like a um oh like a fucking <laughs> Paper from like the Mail letter or whatever And he has like Wrote all kinds of like Weird shit on it Like And she has a picture of it Like in the book And I was just oh like Oh my god I, I looked at it And I was just like I don't understand What any of this means He's like
0: "Full the next ritual I gotta paint a star right there And light some candles And if you want You can get that 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 all you can eat buffet Their last goat they had Or she would Bring that over here I'm gonna kill it like, I'm, almost, uh, I'm gonna pour his blood in the fucking let me center of it. Let's see if Robert. I can find this picture really quick. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah,
1: buddy. It, it just it doesn't make any sense. Okay, you do it. And the word I was trying to think of, it was an envelope. I fucking don't know why I couldn't think of envelope. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, yeah. dun. So this is, I'm showing Matt the envelope. Okay. Oh, that God. Elvis writ on. And I think it's cool. If you look at the envelope, <laughs> you could tell that it's from his father. So.
0: City of Memphis, Tennessee, office of the mayor, Hire the handicapped. It's good business. <laughs> historical to- 12 omen bright home. Uh, I'm in love, history, present mankind Light death. The heart self serves you universal Isra- israelites. Oh, God. Inter- Somewhere on earth, a demon has been summoned <laughs> and it's traversing the dark woods in search of prey. I know it is.
1: Yeah, like I, <laughs> I said, like, feel,
0: I, it's heartbeat is my heartbeat. I will, it's
1: there. I'm going to post a picture of this, like, when uh, we post oh, the God. episode. But yeah, I just, it, I'm just like, God damn, like, I really wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that conversation because, like, none of it makes sense.
0: Everything, every insight, <laughs> everything is
1: oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wrote the Lego song.
0: <laughs> it does not matter if you realize God, and then there's like, Oh, my God. It looks
1: like he wrote 7-Eleven.
0: 7-Eleven? Did he make 7-Eleven?
1: Like, at one point, like, I, I stated it so long ago. I was like, I feel like I'm trying to decipher the Zodiac letter here. for
0: <laughs> No shit. And I just, like, looked down a little bit. And the first line I wrote was, Later that night, Elvis took me into a side room where a huge black... And it stops. <laughs> but I won't spoil it.
1: <laughs> that demon's getting closer. It's in Croatia. So, after her tenure in Vegas, Cassandra eventually moved across the sea and Whoa. lived in Paris for a time with some friends. I wish I could just fucking do that. <laughs> right? One day, while while her and a friend explored the streets of Rome, they ran into a familiar face from their time in Vegas, a film student by the name of Stuart, Stuart And Apparently, he was like a uh, documentary filmmaker while he was in Vegas, had interviewed them for about being showgirls and stuff like that, and that's mm-hmm. how they knew him. Mm, Okay. He was part of a f- crew filming Roma directed by Federico Fellini. After some conversations and catching up, Birnbaum af- asked if Cassandra and her friend wanted to be extras in the film. They, of course, agreed, because Cassandra, being a film fanatic, knew of Fellini's work, and they were actually paid for their contribution. Nice. So this was just the start of her career being in front of the camera. There you and, go. of course, anybody that, doesn't, that isn't really into film... Doesn't really understand what an extra is. Most of the time, like when you're watching a movie, when like you just see people like walking the city streets and just in the background of any scene, those are extras. And a lot of times, you know, if you're on like visiting like a film location, sometimes they'll pull people for extras, or sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, you know, we need extras for this scene. Show up wearing this style clothing," and sometimes you'll be in the movie. I immediately
0: think of if you can envision. Cassandra, Sonny, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Frank, Frankie Franco, Franco. Sorry, Uh, all that all you can eat buffet. Imagine all the other tables housing people; those would be extras. Yep. And I don't know how true or not true it is. Dad told me this a long time ago. My dad. Um, There is not someone out there with the literal name. Dad is my father, but he might be. But uh, you know, he said that some of those extras, like sitting at a table and whatnot, uh, they'll say like peas and carrots, they'll say that line. And I guess just obviously you're not listening to that extra talk. You can can see their mouth move if you want to pay attention. But I guess saying peas and carrots just – you know, makes the mouth you know move in a bunch of different ways that doesn't just look like you're like opening it and closing it, opening it and closing it up, da da, da 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 something like that. It makes it look actually interesting, like a conversation hmm. is happening. Again, I don't know how real that is, and you can email us at the Dissectors Cut Podcast at gmail dot com and tell I mean, me. I
1: guarantee back in the day, it probably was a thing. I mean, I know now you probably just kind of have like a random conversation, just whispering. And I mean, like, I would, yeah,
0: I would, unless you don't in, unless in the, case yeah, unless you someone get a can direction. see it and be like, yeah. I know
1: where you live know your social security number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So while still in Rome, a few other film gigs landed in your lap because it's fucking Rome and they're going to be filming movies all over there. Because it's fucking Elvira, that's why. Yes. Well, Cassandra Peterson, she's not a lawyer yet.
0: True, <laughs> true. Sorry, but sorry, but sorry. if they
1: would have known, <laughs> yeah, man. they could have used the psychic. You no, know, I was
0: just going to say they <laughs> needed the <laughs> Asperomancer there.
1: <laughs> and if you want to know what that is, go listen to a uh, the farthest reaches newest episode. TFR News. Yeah. While still in Rome, a few other film gigs landed in her lap, mostly playing background characters in westerns or horror films. Some roles were without lines, others with one or two throwaway lines. Okay. One of the films were even directed by famed Italian horror director Lucio Fulci. However, this film was a comedy called The Eroticist. Oh. Sounds like my have to a film. Okay. Because Italian had a lot of like as they called, like, sexy comedies, would be very raunchy. And apparently this book... I would like to
0: see what very raunchy back then was. uh,
1: If you look up the pictures, it's, like, full tits and everything. Sweet. And apparently when this film first, like, when it released, it did not last long before it got banned. Oh, wow, okay, never mind. Yep. I thought maybe it was gonna be, like, showing a heel. (laughs) (laughs) So for the horror fans that may not be familiar with Fulci's work, which, I mean... There are a lot of people that love Italian horror because the Italians kind of like with um, like the Asian movie markets with like the horror movies that come out of Korea and Japan and everything. They're very unique in their style. Mm-hmm. Like during um, the, like the 70s era for the Italian horror, it was very gory splatterfests. fests. Mm, okay. But he was the man behind such films as Zombie, House by the Cemetery, and New York Ripper. Mm. All very good films All mm. very gory All never heard of them <laughs> <laughs> While
0: Cassandra had some No money. While Cassandra oh, God damn it <sighs> Strike one damn it
1: I know Hey the fact I've that, been,
0: that I've been paying attention to Yeah the
1: fact Okay If you didn't listen to episode one And you're listening to episode two Go back and listen to episode one first yeah, You off.
0: fucking dumpy dummy But
1: My fuck up Cassandra's name Is because I've known Matt's wife Cassandra for, like, fucking 15 years. Yep. So. She is the crux to this series. So I have <laughs> an excuse. <laughs> while Cassandra mm. had some amazing times while in Paris and Rome, it wasn't all glitz and glamour. Oh, no. Unf- all tits and glamour. Unfortunately, a stint with an abusive ex-boyfriend left her broken homeless for a time. Oh, shit. Luckily, she was able to escape that relationship and get back on her feet. And have a roof over her head, but not before she became friends with. Oh, a... god, who
0: the fuck is she gonna be fucking friends with now?
1: Now, she uh, she says in this uh, in the book, she became friends with, like some uh, some girl that she met while she was over there and like pretty much taught her how to like kind of pee quote unquote a prostitute, but they would never go full with it, they would just get paid and just disappear. Oh, wow, so she was like kind of like becoming a scam artist, but like. Sandra was just like, no, this is not my life, and like went back and like slept in the room that the girl like at the little apartment because apparently the girl was like, uh, oh, what's the word like um, with homeless people sleeping in houses? Uh, Fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh
0: God, it's Uh, on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Anyway, like big tip of my tongue, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Basically, like you know, they were homeless and living in a. Apartment without paying. Whatever that word is that I can't fucking think of. But, um, and apparently one morning Cassandra woke up and all the money they made was gone. All of her, like, belongings were gone. Oh my God. So she was just fucking screwed. Uh,
0: well, I guess whether you commit the act or not of prostitution, we here at TDC do support sex
1: workers. Yep. But luckily she was able to get back on her feet, you know, find another place to live where, you know, she felt safe and she was able to find work and make some money and, you know. Now she's doing good. Good, good. So while she was in Rome, this is where her musical career began. While in Rome. Well, yeah, while in Rome, <laughs> she met an Italian songwriter who knew of a band looking for a female vocalist. Francesco Puoli, the lead singer of fucking Flesh Got Apocalypse? No. <laughs> that would be fucking... Fabio? That would be something if it was him. So the band... <laughs> Ila, Michael Bolton! Elitines, or Tanta. Oh. Was Say t- it slower. Elatins o Oh, I'm putting you on simmer right now. <laughs> damn boy. Elatins o They were a torn a pop, a pop, funk pop funk band. What? Yep. A what? A pop funk. band. hop funk. Yeah. Pop funk. Okay. Okay. I meant okay, to fine. look them up before, but I never didn't. But wow, I mean, we could play some of their music right now, actually. Cassandra auditioned for the position and got the job. With this band, she toured much of the country playing city after city, sometimes playing two gigs a night, depending on the location. Mm-hmm. It was while on tour and staying at hotels that one of the band members, Rosalba Di Marzo, who was the other female singer of the group, taught Cassandra how to cook, which became a huge pastime for her, for Cassandra, and still is to this day. And apparently, at this time, she hadn't really ever like cooked a whole lot in her life.
0: Well, she doesn't cook in that movie either. And-
1: <laughs> And DeMarzo was just like, because at the time she was just like, if you don't know how to cook, you're not going to get a husband. Because again, you got to think of where we're at in life. And I know. I'm... You got to cook and clean. And yeah, yeah. But yeah. hey, now, you know, because still out there fucking cooking. And honestly, Elvira needs a cooking chill.
0: I, oh, dude, that would be so fucking cool. And I right? will say, uh, as someone who truly doesn't cook, I do the bare minimum. I'll microwave something. I'll throw something <laughs> in the oven for a fucking hour, whatever it is. Cooking's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it truly is fun to yeah. me to cook.
1: I mean, I enjoyed home ec class when we had it, even though every time we did something, I got something in my eye. Don't know why. <laughs> don't know how. It just happened <laughs> to happen. We did a something. A full fucking just monkey bread. <laughs> oh! uh, we did something with pomegranates. I got pomegranate juice in my eye. That burnt like a motherfucker. I bet it did. We uh did bacon. I got bacon grease in my eye. I thought I was going to die that day. That was the worst experience of my life.
0: And so I- you're saying that when the teacher was like, all right, we're going to make, I don't know. Uh, we're we're going to take that sheep from the all-you-can-eat all, all you can eat buffet. We're <laughs> going to make sheep salad today. Everyone just scooted their chairs away from Josh. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. It just always found a way in my eye. Josh, you work alone. I <laughs>
1: probably should have. <laughs> probably. That's why you're not blind. Or have fruit vision. <sighs> yeah, pomegranate juice. I was like... And even, I forget the teacher's name, but she was just like, yeah, there are things that that juice could stay in your eye for a while. I'm like, oh, good. I will say,
0: if I want any fruit vision to be pomegranates, I can't remember the exact term, but like, I I don't know if it's fucking from from Greek or or what, but it's like, oh God, what is it, like flesh of the gods, and then like the seeds inside are like seeds of the devil or something. I'm like, that sounds pretty fucking sweet. Sure. sounds like something that Elvis would write in that book of his.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with this band, she toured for about a year, and after a year collecting some pay and growing homesick, one day while her parents were in Rome visiting her, she decided it was time to come back home to the States and joined her parents back on their flight. Apparently, she said she also had issues because, the again, the sexism. The, the male band members were making more money than her and the other singer, so she was just like, fuck this. Yep. Equal pay, goddammit.
0: And I want to say, since I looked it up because it was bothering me, uh, pomegranate in mythology is the symbol of death and fertility, known as the fruit of the dead. Ah. It was, it was it arisen from the blood of Adonis. Uh, Hades, god of the underworld, used pomegranate seeds to trick Persephone into returning
1: to the underworld for a few months of every year. So it's a pretty badass fruit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pomegranate, man. So back in the States for only a few weeks, Cassandra moved to Florida for a short time after being offered the top spot of a new go-go dancing gig. Whoa. Uh, like she, she said, she had a friend that like learned that she was back in the States, and he was just like, Hey, you know, I live in Florida now. I'm putting together a show. Do you want to be the top girl? And she was like, Oh, fuck it. Let's go. I love her, like, no shit attitude. I'd say fucking say, like, the spont- spontaneity of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, adventurous life. Yeah. While there, she fell for the lead singer of the show. And after dating for a number of weeks, he was off to move back to LA, and he asked Cassandra if she would join him. To okay. Which she did. Ooh. And this is one of those random butterfly effect decisions that if it wasn't for him asking her to move to L.A., we may never have gotten Elvira because who knows she may have stayed in Florida. Ah,
0: So it's one of those deals when you, you know red, blue, red, red, what the fuck? Red pill, blue pill. You know, it, it alternates just like a game you play, alternate endings and whatnot depending on your choices you make. You know, people think that the world has multiple, you know, universes within it. Depending on the choices you make, she probably picked, I would say, the best choice there. Oh, and yeah. becoming a viral from that. God
1: knows what would have happened if she if she didn't. It's one of those weird things, but like it's just it's crazy what to me. If? Yeah, it's crazy to me, like just with any celebrity or athlete or anything when like you look at, you know, the decisions they've made. Look where they're at now. It's like how different would their life be? It's like, yeah, what
0: other combinations of decisions could you have made to even possibly have lived a better life, quote unquote better right. life.
1: Well I mean uh it, not to get too sports talk with this, but for instance, like Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. He his dad was like a baseball coach or some shit and he played baseball for a long time and he pretty much had like the option of playing like shortstop or quarterback in school, and he played football. But that's why, like, if you watch some of his, like, fucking wild, like, sidearm throws, he puts so much baseball into it. And I'm just like, mm, okay. If you would have went the baseball route, who knows? He could have been, like, the next Derek Jeter, being the fucking best shortstop in the goddamn league. Hey, it could be
0: like my dad who first went into real estate and then said, fuck that. And then he went into computers and technology and then f- "fuck that and thought, you know what? I think I'd rather turn a wrench on a car. And now he regrets it every day.
1: The fact that your dad <laughs> was like, did anything with technology and you guys didn't get like, yeah. not dial up oh, oh, for fucking
0: I hang that over his head. <laughs> I fucking hang that over That's his head.
1: Ironic as fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> goddamn, you guys had dial up for a long time. Yeah.
0: Oh, it was... I don't even want to get into it. It's one of my darkest times, okay?
1: Were we still in high school when
0: you guys finally got... Oh, shit, it was probably eight months ago.
1: (laughs) what the hell? I do remember the first time I went over to your house, which it had been high school, like my freshman year. So You're you were like, saw? wow, there's there's cave paintings and <laughs> there's fire on the ground over there. I'm in
0: a cave? <laughs>
1: I, I heard the fucking dial-up tone and I was just like, I got triggered. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a sound I haven't heard <laughs> in a while. That's the old Stone Age alarm clock. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess in your guys' defense, you know, we're out in the boonies. But...
0: Still to this day, can't get it. Really? Um, unless he, my dad, uh, pays, you know, Spectrum or Cincinnati Bell, whomever, to, like, install their own line of high speed to his house, which would be thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: Goddamn fucker. Yeah, I know.
0: So he's still just like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> like, you guys did this to
1: yourself. So after living in L.A. for a time with her, at the time, partner... They were together for just over a year before they split, and Cassandra was off on her own adventures in the City of Angels, Los mm. Angeles, nineteen seventy. of tenacious D. Yep. Yeah.
0: Long guests, The long City guests. of Fallen Angels, uh. where the ocean meets the sand, you'll form a strong alliance <laughs> and the world's most awesome band. Hell yeah. Find your fame and fortune, <laughs> I think. Through the valley you must walk. You will face your inner demons. Now go, my son. Mm -hmm. And walk! Yeah.
1: I didn't know we had Dio on the show. Hell yeah, back from the fucking grave, thanks to Elvis's pentagram bullshit (laughs) ritual he did (laughs) and sacrificed that sheep. That's who he summoned. Hell yeah. (laughs) So in 1974, while living in her first L.A. apartment, Cassandra obtained her Screen Actors Guild card, basically to work in the movie industry, Whether it be in film or television, you have to have your own SAG card. According yes, to the you union.
0: do. And all I ever think about that is the Screen Actors Guild. When the creators of South Park made Team America: World Police, and they changed screen to film, and I will leave it at that for you to solve the <laughs> riddle. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just too funny to me.
1: I still love that they bought the Casablanca restaurant. Yep, and saved it. Yeah. <laughs> So one of Cassandra's first speaking roles as a SAG card member was on the sitcom Lots of Luck*, Eww. starting Dom Deluise. Oh, okay. She learned of this show after helping out her friend Jerry, who worked in the industry. Jerry,
0: my man. Yeah, I, I don't like, know who the fuck that is. I'm just. Talking. Yeah, I
1: don't think she. I don't <laughs> think she like said his name, like actual last name, in the book. But He's only worth the first name. I think. Wow. I could have been wrong. But her friend Jerry, who worked in the industry, who was at the time working on a musical act for no, uh, none other oh, than Goldie Hahn. Oh my God! Of course, it was Hawn who put Cassandra in contact with the writer of Lots of Luck. Jesus
0: Christ! This is this is ridiculous. I fucking know. If if anything of the stars aligning, this is it. Mm-hmm. Not to summon Cthulhu, but <laughs> to summon Elvira. She is Cthulhu. Oh God! Just I'm, I, I bet there's art out there of that. I bet there's a lot of uh, hentai of that. Uh, probably.
1: She then spent some time working on a show called The Bachelor of the Year Awards, where she played the part of the Feather Girl, basically a TV-friendly showgirl. Through this show and her relationship with the producer of The Bachelor, she landed a job, job at the as production assistant on Don Kirshner's rock concert. Oh. And I think okay. it's funny in the book uh, when she talks about being on the bachelor of the year award, she lists off some of the celebrities that are on there. <laughs> she mentions OJ Simpson and in parentheses, <laughs> she just puts yikes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yikes.
1: Didn't need to say that. So it was while working on this show that Cassandra would meet Donna Kaufman, who was a receptionist and years down the line would change Cassandra's life for good as she's the friend that would go on to suggest her audition for Movie Macabre. And what's this girl's name? Donna Kaufman.
0: Donna Kaufman. We have her to thank.
1: Yep. And it's again, there's a reason why I mention all these things because it's one thing leads to another, leads to another, and then she meets this person. Yep. And she's just like, you know, years down the line, like, hey, you should audition for this show. And, it's, like, the book start, like, the, uh, the very beginning of the book starts with the conversation that her and Donna have, mm-hmm. of like, the phone call that mm. Donna's like, hey, you know, this show is looking for people to love audition. Love it, love it. And Cassandra, at first, was just fully against it. She's like, nah, it's dumb, blah, blah, blah. And that was, that finally, beginning,
0: yeah, that beginning excerpt's like the rite of passage.
1: Yep, and then she finally, you know, gave in and fucking look at where we're at now. Still talking about... Elvira, all these years later, she's still appearing as Elvira places in shows, movies.
0: I can't remember what the quote is, but it's basically like everybody dies twice. Yep. Their moral form and then the legacy mm-hmm. that they leave behind. And once your legacy, you no, know, once the the last person remembers your legacy is gone, then you have truly died. Yep. But for someone, the... Fame and fortune, the status that is Elvira. I honestly can't ever see her going away. No, she she is immortal. I mean, look at if Jeff Bezo- Bezos wants that cure, he <laughs> needs to look right between those two big brain cells. I mean,
1: even after you know Cassandra dies years down the line, because I mean she's only seventy now. But, like, I mean, look at Vampira. We're still talking about her, and she died. God, fucking, let me look really quick. You look really quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, the actress that played Vampira, Mayla, uh, oh, fucking, yeah, Mayla Nurmi, she died in 2008, and we're still talking about her. We're still talking about celebrities that have been super iconic. Oh, that, God, that we're still talking around. about Jesus. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> the world's biggest celebrity. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, World you know, I guarantee, Prince disappearing. you know, act. I mean, you know, if we ever had kids. I guarantee like the next generation, they're still like if well, you and I have kids. Yes. OK, don't think about it. OK, but <laughs> don't think about it too much. Yeah. Too but, like much. I guarantee like don't even know who Alvira is. Yeah. Maybe not as much as like we do today, but I guarantee some little child goth kids going to grow up and be like, fuck yeah, Alvira. If she doesn't
0: get, unfortunately, no. When her time comes and she passes, if she's not buried in the most insane-looking spider-web gothic crypt, oh, I oh, know, man, I'm gonna be upset. She needs to go that way. I
1: guarantee she'll be uh, buried in the big cemetery in, or in California. Hollywood. Or yeah. Ho- yeah, yeah. I forget the name of that cemetery. I, I do you know, too. You know exactly. I
0: actually funny. do because there's a guy at work who's really into movies, especially horror movies, um, and he talks about that stuff all the time. He finds it fascinating.
1: Oh yeah, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I mean, God, they have musicians. That's where most of the members of the Ramones are buried. Uh, just you know, everybody that's anybody that was buried there. Yeah, which is odd that like uh, a lot of like the guitarist and drummer are, for, of the Ramones are buried there. But Joey Ramones, the singer, is buried in Jersey. Maybe that's what he wanted. That was his dying wish. I, I, I visited his head, his head. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh, <laughs> wow. there's another demon out. Yeah, there's a stroke. Uh, but yeah, I got to visit his headstone while I was in Jersey back in 2012. So, one of my favorite parts in her LA Woman chapter Whoa. of the book, she talks about being invited by Matt, who she moved to LA with. <gasps> Me? Yes. Me?
0: Matt Moneymaker of Bigfoot <laughs> fame.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And this is, this is the man who initially asked her to move to LA in the first place. They went to a party at the house of Zaza Gabor. Whoa. Zaza was a huge star in the 50s and was one of the, was one of the most famous for her very glamorous looks back
0: then. Forgot in the day. to mention that he was a fucking wizard because if any name is a wizard, it's that. I mean, Zaza is a lady. I apologize. <laughs> that woman is definitely a
1: wizard. She's Hungarian.
0: Exactly, my point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so while at this party, this fucking story, the way that she sets it up and just reveals, it's just, again, one of those very much just like, no big deal. Of course, yeah, of course. So while at the party, she mentioned the guy she only named as Bobby. The long and short of it is that while at the party, Matt thought her and Bobby were being a bit too flirty and got mad and suddenly decided it was time to leave. Okay. Cassandra and Matt began bickering. <sighs>
0: In stepped in Zaza. no. Put no, no a spell. I just,
1: it, it's just in my head. I'm surprised you haven't said anything about this because Cassandra and Matt. Whoa, <laughs> dude. I, I did not make that connection <laughs> at all. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Cassandra and Matt began bickering at each other as they left, which caused a scene. I know all about that. <laughs> I make no comment. No, don't, don't. If anyone
0: wonders, Think Godzilla. <laughs> Destroying Tokyo. <laughs> Not giving a
1: fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, as they were bickering, heading back out to the car, which calls the scene in which Bobby came to the rescue, offering to take Cassandra home. After mm-hmm. dropping her off at home, mm-hmm. Bobby left her his number, to which she calls the next morning mm-hmm. to thank him to, for pretty much saving her from Matt being a dick. Okay. And in the most casual, no big deal, kind of reveals in the book, she quotes the conversation with the receptionist, just who, because she calls the, the hotel that the guy was at, and she's just like, oh, you know, room, whatever. And, she, and the receptionist goes, oh, Mr. De Niro's room? Right away. It was fucking Robert De Niro. Oh my god, I <laughs> thought you were going to say
0: maybe bobby was short for bob or excuse me bob was short for bobby it was bob barker something like that someone were like oh sure okay cool i guess nice job in the happy gilmore uh but no okay robert de niro i got tits fucker you want to milk me (laughs) fucking robert
1: (laughs) goddamn de niro
0: unbelievable
1: yeah it it was the same way like the entire chapter like you know she's talking about bobby 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 like i'm just like okay cool it's some celebrity that she met named bobby cool and then she gets to that i'm like you, <laughs> like you witch! Like the way that she reveals it, I was just like, I was like, God damn! I love
0: it. I love that reveal.
1: And unbelievable! If you don't know who Robert De Niro is, and you're listening to this podcast, first off, you I probably a be famous. Quote. Listening to a different podcast because like yeah, any- li- yeah, I feel yeah, like, like she- anybody that likes movies knows who Robert De Niro is because he's kind of a big deal. He, it's
0: weird. I would say he's kind of the big deal, but. You have to do some digging to know the big deal.
1: Let me drop I, I know some that. movies he's been in over the sense. years. The Godfather Part Two, Yup. Which is, I will say on record, probably one of the best sequels of a movie to ever come out.
0: Uh, okay, okay.
1: Compared to the first. Sure. The Deer Hunter. King of Comedy. Which King of Comedy was used very heavily to inspire Joker. Oh, he was also in Joker. Meet the Parents. <laughs> Goodfellas. The list goes on and on. Hell fucking yeah. at everything. Hell yeah. And it's so funny seeing him in Meet the Fockers because you're so used to him being like this very serious like actor. And then he plays in a comedy. And I love it. Yeah. Because he's funny. He's As great. Hell. He's great. And Taxi Driver. Fucking God. Travis Bickle. Fucking insane. But she went on one date with Robert De Niro. And it was during this date that he mentioned that he had landed the role in Godfather Part 2 playing a young Vito Corleone. This was one of his first leading roles, and he was very excited talking about this because he was portraying a young version of the role masterly crafted by Marlon Brando. Gosh. And in the book, she comments how, like, she was just like, I'm playing a young Marlon Brando, a young fucking Marlon Brando. That's, man, I can't believe the life that she has lived. and We're not even done. Nope. For a time, uh, uh, Cassandra Peterson dated an actor named Bill Cable. And it was while dating Bill Cable, who does make an appearance in some of Elvira's shows later on down the line. He was a cop in the movie that you watched. They both oh. lived in an actual, larger than average, but still treehouse that Bill had built. What? Yeah. It was a treehouse that they Bill lived had
0: lived in a fucking tree like Step Brothers. It was in a fucking treehouse. But
1: it was a big, like one of the big, like fancy kind of like treehouses. But yeah, it was a treehouse that you had to like climb a ladder to get into. No big deal. That is literally just my childhood dream. I love it it because, you know, they lived in that treehouse for about a year or so of dating, and then later they moved into a home together because Cassandra's like, I'm fucking done with this. I want to live in a house. So she was like, we either get a house or I'm going to get a house. (laughs) Dude, you would never have to leave for the grocery store to get eggs. There would be
0: constantly just birds flying around in their nest and have eggs there.
1: I just, oh my God. And she talks about how there was one time that, like, Bill came fucking down from the treehouse. On a rope, like goddamn Tarzan. I was
0: just gonna say, was he wearing that little
1: fucking sash or whatever you wanna call it? Probably. Because she said that she was getting, like, I love it in the book when she talks about the part where, like, she had the conversation with him, like, be like, hey, we need to get a house. And she was like, I got, I was getting tired of playing the. Me Tarzan, you Jane lifestyle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, was he just all like incoherent, kind of just all like, <laughs> and, you <laughs> and you swing away, like you fucking asshole. I want to live somewhere where there's AC. That would be something, though. Having a treehouse, like, oh my god, nature's beautiful, and you walk inside, just a fucking horrible AC unit there. <laughs> it's like oh, that's annoying.
1: So while in LA, huh? While in LA. Cassandra got to see and meet Elton John through a Vegas friend of hers that was working for John at the time. Okay. Uh, her friend, uh, he was like doing the makeup and costuming for Elton John. And mm-hmm. if anybody that knows anything about Elton John, he had an elaborate costume. Yeah. Go watch Rocket Man. Is that the movie that they did? Mm-hmm. Goddamn, some of the costumes in that movie. Fucking phenomenal. Oh also, not a bad movie. I just, want to see a, I just want to see a list of everyone she's met. Right. And there is a book, uh, picture in the book that, uh, that I showed you earlier with uh, her hanging out with Elton John. Yep. Just like, goddamn. Mm-hmm. This same friend went on to work for Queen as well. And through him, Cassandra also met the entire band. She even took Roger Taylor and Brian May shopping for antiques while they were in town. Because apparently that was a the thing they just, every city they went to, they loved like shopping for antiques and just sure. mailing it okay. back to the UK. And while they were in, uh, L.A. talking to her, you know, she was uh They were talking, and she was, she's was like, yeah, I know some antique stores, and she she uh, mentioned in the book. She was just like, I can take you guys around, just kind of joking about it. and They're like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. God, she man. was given a copy of Queen's most recent album at the time, Jazz, and it was signed by all four members. And she says that it was her most prized possession until one of her ex-husbands sold it. Men fucking suck. Yep one of Cassandra's next gig in the showbiz industry was working for a show called The Boob Tube Review. Hell yeah. And it was boob as in the old TV, not yep. breasts. Whatever. <laughs> but, I I, I mean, she, she makes it very clear, because obviously being who she is and she, being in a show called The Boob Tube Review, a lot of people would probably, like you probably were making the assumption.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't even just my mind per yeah, se yeah. i mean it's it's alvira yeah, so yeah. yeah
1: i know the show features or the fo- what the, show- <laughs> <God damn. laughs> the the show featured parodies of commercials in between live musical acts comedians dance numbers etc one of the comedy duos was al franken and tom davis who would go on to be head writers of a little known show called saturday night live <laughs> hey you have to start somewhere
0: Somewhere. She's starting everywhere. Yep. She knows movie stars. She knows musicians. She knows well, fucking Go-Go dolls. I mean, god damn, she knows anyone who's anyone in any type of entertainment
1: industry. You mean Go-Go-Go dolls, not
0: Go-Go dolls like the, the band? God damn, I <laughs> Go-Go dolls. I'm so stupid. I'm still thinking of musicians. Would you even call the Go-Go dolls
1: musicians? I mean, they're in a band, so yeah. <laughs> Fine. There's a joke I'll make. What did you mean? But I won't. Is it towards me? Yeah.
0: <sighs> you can tell me afterwards.
1: <laughs> I guarantee somebody listening knows who the Google Girls Dolls are, but does anybody know who your band is? Was? <laughs> Maybe one. Maybe one. I know who they were. I had your guys' band on my Spotify playlist, and I actually showed one of my co-workers your band. Aww. Because I miss you guys. You deserve a kiss for that. I miss going to your guys' shows. I miss being a part <laughs> of the <a> show. <laughs> so, unfortunately, though, the tube review lasted only four months before it went off the air. And with that, Cassandra is back on her way to Hollywood. And it's here. We'll end part two, as part three will be all about her humble beginnings as Elvira herself and the legacy of that character has created. The Woo! legacy that character has created. Is that it? Yes.
0: I'll be damned. <laughs> Man, that was like fully packed. Oh, yeah. That was girthy. Yeah. Good Lord. The and na- that's not and even, That was like a uh, fucking hour of that, and it was just. And, name uh, drop, name drop, name and drop, name drop,
1: drop. And That's not even it. Like I said at the it's beginning. It's not even the like, tit of the iceberg. Uh, God, yes, goddamn. <laughs> but like I said in part one, there's so much more in the book, and I don't want to put everything that's in the book. Because, mm. like, on the in this episode in these episodes, because I don't want to take away from people buying the book because it's so fucking worth reading. Because there is so much that she does, and there are some very scandalous stories that she's Ooh. had run-ins with other, like some musicians and actors that I'm not going to get into. Oh, I just, get one, fucking, just one, just, uh, just I one, just fucking sued by them. Well, the, I said there was a uh, incident with Jimmy Page in the last episode. That well, so you, that. You, could, you could just say one, but not say their last name. Eh. But, yeah, it's just her book is so fucking worth reading. Like, the life that she has lived, the adventures she's had. I'm like, goddamn. Man, it is unreal. Yeah, fucking, yeah, it's insane. But, like, I, when I'm making these outlines, I try to pick... Your nose? Yes. <laughs> the, I try to pick, like, the, the the stories that are big, like, you know... Going on dates with Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and round ends with like Robert De Niro. But I'm also trying to like piece together like the path that led her to Elvira, like you know, working on this show that they're moving to L.A. with this guy that met, that led to her working on this show where she met this this woman who had her audition for this role, and boom, now she's Elvira. So
0: I want to say I think you do it in a fantastic, like very interesting yet kind of subtle way. And in no way am I saying subtle, as in yeah, you don't do enough research or whatever it might be. But you you literally give just enough to like literally make the dots connect and and the path you know traversable. And it's, just it's exactly it's what awesome. I'm trying to do. It's awesome. It really is awesome. I have I this is probably my favorite series.
1: Well, good. This is probably my favorite series. And like like we have s- peaked. <laughs> well, like I said, like when I was like trying to figure out because obviously. Most of what we do on the show is talk about certain movies and then, of course, you know, doing series. And, like, you yeah. know, we did the, what, three episodes talking about the history of the Resident Evil series and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Like, and I want to do some of these episodes that are about certain people. And after I read the autobiography by Elvira, um, which is the fucking, you always cruelly Elvira, you know, Mem- Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. Hell yeah. That released uh, last year. I was just like, I have to do an episode on her because, God damn, her life is just, as you've seen in episodes one and two, just insane.
0: Yeah. No, I think that decision to do that was foolproof, basically. You couldn't go wrong with that. I mean, that was a almost, I almost want to go the route, just say a must-needed decision to literally do this book.
1: Yep. And of course, like later on down the roads, we'll do other episodes about certain people. Like, I still want to do one on like Vampira. who that, that'll probably just be like a one episode, just because, like, um, her, I, I guarantee her life wasn't as adventurous. And Vampyra is very short lived, but her legacy was still huge. Mm-hmm. And other yeah. people like Venton Price and yeah, Christopher. I want, I definitely want to do one on Christopher Lee because goddamn, that guy was a fucking his, <laughs> yeah, history. his history. Just go fucking. Read a little bit of about Christopher Lee. God, he's just. Oh yeah, people. I mean, people made a meme of
0: it, literally, yeah. and like they only has like maybe ten, maybe nine or something like that facts about him. But each one is just like, good lord, it just like out competes the previous fact. Basically, <laughs> yep. it's like he was in a band. Oh cool. Next one's like he was f- fucking uh, knighted by the queen or something. I'm like, oh Jesus, okay.
1: Yeah, was an actual soldier with it when uh, they filmed Lord of the Rings. He, t- he showed Peter Jackson how somebody getting stabbed sounds like. Yeah, it. yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. And I'm just like, fuck Christ. But yeah, so, you know, like I said, this is obviously a little bit different than what we usually do on the show. But I like change things up on the show, you know. I mean, people need to appreciate
0: where some of the world of horror you know generally speaking
1: came from oh yeah and like i I mean like i even said in the first episode she's a fucking like the queen of halloween she is an icon even if you don't know who elvira is you've at least seen her somewhere
0: oh you have even even if you don't acknowledge her there's no way that you have lived this world i don't care how old you are and have not seen something made by no Presented by... uh, A a picture of her. A meme of her. Something. 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 I don't care what it is.
1: Yeah, it's just... uh, Fuck. She's just... She's a gem.
0: A gem or a gem? A gem. She's she's a gem.
1: Yep. And a national
0: treasure. She works out. She's a gem. She lifts weights all the time. Yes. Don't do this. Gem.
1: Crown, crown. Crown, (laughs) crown. (laughs) Shut up. I
0: agree, though. She is a gem.
1: And I'm excited to do episode three, because obviously, you know, growing up with a, as a big horror fan, of Ira was a big part of growing up. Can we just and make, so make it just four to parts? Because I just kind of want to know more. I don't know if there'll be enough for four parts,
0: but... It's just a three and a half hour reading session.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, part three will be pretty... I, I think part three might end up being like one of the longer episodes, just Ooh. because there's a lot to unpack there, but it'll be fun. All right. I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready when you are. All right. Um yeah, as I said, uh, once we figure out the actual structure and like what days we're gonna try to release these episodes on, um, we should probably know by the next episode by part three and I've promised there won't be like a month in between this episode and the next. Oh boy, he promised you heard it here, folks. I am. We're gonna So try when Elvira
0: to... Part three comes out in twenty twenty
1: three. We're gonna try to get back to doing like the bi-weekly, bi weekly bi bi weekly, bi monthly uh releases like we did before. No, you mean bi weekly? Not bi-monthly. Yeah, it is boy, bi-weekly. that'd be too long. <laughs> yeah, it is bi-weekly. Yeah, twenty twenty-three. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, God, you remember how we used to fucking release an episode a week? <laughs> They're starting <sighs> out. And how the fuck do we do that? I, really?
0: I don't know how we did it, man. <laughs> we, we have never had the financial power, the manpower, the mental power to do any of it, but somehow we did it.
1: But I'm excited to get back to doing this regularly and getting episodes out. Um. I apologize again for the lack of episodes at the end of 2021, but yeah, you know what? Sometimes life happens and we will get our footing at some point. You guys can get over it.
0: <laughs> this podcast is on its way to becoming what? Two years old. Yep. Yeah. It's only over a year. I mean, yep. and this is just a two man project. So we do what we can. Who knows? Maybe it'll be more man project <laughs> before long. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh I will post pictures of sh- random stuff that I mentioned, like the letter of Elvis. Please do that. The picture of with her and Elton John on Instagram. Uh, the day that this episode releases, so you guys can be on the lookout for that. Uh, but yeah, uh, find us on all the social medias. All you got to do is type in the farthest reach the fuck. Oh, goddamn it! So close. <laughs> Type in The Dissector's Cut and we should pop up or you can email us at the cut podcast at gmail.com Yes. And uh, yeah, um, thanks y'all for listening. I'm Josh. And I am Matthew. Stay scary. We'll see you next time.
0: Boo-bye. Uh-huh.